Praise your name, God. Let's just worship him a little bit. Hallelujah, Lord. On this first Wednesday night, we want to give you glory, Lord, and praises and adoration. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up your holy name, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you in the instruments. Praise you with our voices. Lift up our hands in the sanctuary. Praise your holy name, God. Lift up our hearts. Lift up our burdens. Lift up our praises and thanksgivings, Lord. Lord, let this congregation and this assembly ring throughout this year with hosannas and worship, Lord. Oh, we thank you, God. We praise you. Lord, we believe every promise of God and we're grabbing a hold of them tonight. Amen. This first opportunity after the new year to grab a hold of the word. Like Jacob grabbed a hold of the heel, Lord. Let there be men and women that grab a hold of the promises. They are yea and they are amen to us. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for choosing us to be your sons and your daughters. Hallelujah. You gave us a choice and we embrace you with all of our hearts, God. And your perfect will be done this year in all of our lives, our families, one another, God. We hold one another up in prayer. Bring comfort, bring peace, bring healing, bring restoration this year, God. Oh, God, give us a double portion. Our hands are lifted up for a double portion, oh, God, because you want to give your children good things, Lord. Amen, Lord. We give you our lives tonight. Thank you for this meeting. We give it to you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Let your word be rich to us, Lord. Strengthen the weary. Comfort those that have lost. Fill us with the Spirit again, Lord. Let it just fill over onto somebody else. Spill over onto somebody else. Yes, Jesus, we love the joy of the Lord. It is our strength. Go with us now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13. So thankful we have Wednesday night services. Amen. God bless you for coming out on this foggy, cold winter night. Amen. But it's warm in here. Thank the Lord for keeping the lights on. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving us brothers and sisters we have fellowship with. Amen. Hallelujah. You're rich tonight. You remember that, right? Amen. You're all the millionaires. You're millionaires. Amen. God's blessed you. So we shouldn't be sad here. Amen. Luke chapter 13, and then we'll go to uh, Luke chapter 21. Do you have my slides, Brother Joe? Did they make it to you? Luke chapter 13, uh, verse 6 to 9. Let's just look at this parable uh, first. We're speaking on patience. In waiting in 2018. That's our title tonight. Patience in waiting in 2018. Just our first uh, meeting of the year. In verse 6, Luke 13, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, This is the dresser of the vineyard speaking back to the the master, Lord, 
Let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. In other words, give me some more time so I can work with this a little bit. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. This is really a parable of patience. And I was thinking of Moses as Brother Branham talked about Moses when the Lord wanted to uh, smite off the children of Israel and it was Christ and Moses that stood in the gap and said, give us some more time. I want to work with this a little bit. And so we're going to come back to this scripture in a little bit, but remember it had gone. I know some of you are already turning. Amen. Uh, but remember that it had already gone three years and the master was done. He's like, there's not fruit. Why cumbereth it the ground? But there was someone laboring with that that said, give me another year. Give me another year. Give us some more time. We're going to speak about that patience. Luke 21 verse 19. Very short verse. This is a virtue in our statue of uh, perfection. Luke 21 verse 19. The Bible says, In your patience, in your patience, possess ye your souls. So he's not talking about the prophet's patience or the pastor's patience or the deacon or your father or mother or the song leader. It's your patience. Possess ye your souls. It's a good service for us to start out the new year speaking about patience. Amen. The Lord bless His Word tonight to us. You can have your seats as we... It's so fitting. This was on our heart a couple months ago, and I even took it to Lima, the thought, and um, some notes about it, and I didn't speak about it in Lima, Ohio, and I just felt to bring it tonight on our first uh, Wednesday night of the new year to speak about patience and waiting in this new year. We have need of patience, <laughs> for after that we have done the will of God to just see it manifested. And sometimes that takes time. We're going to speak about it in, in just a little bit in depth here about this patience. As the Bible says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. That means to have some endurance and to patiently continue. Keep going on. This is our New Year's message tonight. Patiently keep waiting. You say, but I've been believing or I've been holding on. Patiently wait. That's the word tonight. Stay steadfast. Patience means something that's constant and it's something that's enduring. In the New Testament, when, when the Bible's speaking about patience, it's speaking of your character as a believer that you're not going to be swerved from the purpose. In 2018, you're not going to be swerved and it's a deliberate faith in the believer that nothing is going to move you from God's purpose for your life. And it has to do with your loyalty to your faith in God. And it has to do with the Christian virtues that are pulsating through your soul because this is your character. That though we go through the greatest trials and through the greatest sufferings, we are going to have patience. In patience, possess our souls. This battle is not for the faint-hearted. And we're not here tonight starting out the new year in fear. 
And we're not barely hanging on by the skin of our teeth. Our God is great. The congregation rejoice in that. Our God is great. So this patience is great. It's not you trying to serve God the best you can and have a New Year's resolution. This is the pulsation of the Holy Spirit in the believers. I'm going to have a bride. I'm going to have a people. And nothing's going to stop that purpose. So grab a hold of this loyalty. You're part of the greatest loyalty program. And it's an eternal plan of God. So when we speak about sufferings and trials that we're going to go through this year, patiently endure and hold steadfast unto God's promise. Because it's speaking about something that we are waiting for, but it's also a sustaining and it's perseverance. If you go to 1963, just after, uh, sirs, is this the time? And Brother Branham came into the new year and was traveling back to Arizona and spoke on influence, and then he spoke on perseverance. It's speaking about something inside of the believer for the new year of perseverance. I press toward the mark. I'm reaching ahead. I'm looking for God to continue His plan. Now, this first Wednesday night of the new year, it actually calls for reflection. I was in prayer today and that thought came to me on, it actually calls for us to be reflective. And it calls for us to meditate and to take inventory. Now you, you that are in business or you that know things about inventory, whether you like it or not, there's certain cycles that come around that calls for inventory. And it, and it calls for you to take an account of what's actually happening. It's not what you want to have happen, and it's not what you wish is happening. It's to really get it down and take inventory. Where are we really at? And on the first Wednesday night of the year, it it actually calls for an adjusting. Because when you take inventory... And, and you look to see areas where you could fall, you're falling short or you could do better. And I have on the screen the statue of a perfect man. It calls for the believer to adjust yourself. And when you, when you actually consider these things, it comes from the heart. It's not just a turning of the calendar. I believe real mature believers, it's a consideration and a pondering, like, like Mary, she pondered these things, that when we look at it the way that it is, there has to be a willingness to make changes. It's not just taking inventory and looking at the numbers or looking at things that you're falling short or saying, well, we could do better here, but there has to be a character and a willingness to make the changes. Do we agree? And there has to be a willingness when you see maybe a fault or an area of, of neglect. There's, there's got to be a willing to communicate now and to connect better in that area or to connect more. There has to be an openness to look at the mountain as we heard on watch night because we're a body. There has to be an openness to look at the mountain from someone else's perspective. 
Because we're all individuals and we look at things a certain way. We actually made to look at things a certain way. There's a certain ting of the bell that God made us. But when we start out the new year, there has to be an openness to look at the mountain from another's perspective. You say, well, I'm the shoulders. I, I carry a lot of weight. Well, there's a way to look. There's knees and there's, there's, there's legs holding you up. And it might not be how you look at things, but in the believer, when, when the Bible says in Luke 21, 19, in your patience, possess your souls, it's speaking about take it patiently. Let's go back to Luke 21. If you have your Bible there, it's good to understand what Jesus was saying in your Patience, possess your souls. Because we're living in a very nervous age when people like just to skim the top and be surface feeders. But the bride is wanting to go deeper. And you find Brother Branham, as even though he was a prophet, working pastorally in the Branham Tabernacle, it was at the end of the year in December when he was more in tune with the local assembly. That's why he would preach, what is the Holy Ghost? How to receive the Holy Ghost? You must, you must be born again. If you look at messages in December, it was like it was family time. It was church time. It was inventory time. He would come out into a new year. You would find that eagle anointing trying to bring hope to the church, faith to the church. And as we feed off the message, that becomes our faith too. That just becomes the way we are. So in Luke 21, 19, when Jesus said, I'm, we're going to go deeper right here. In your patience, possess ye your souls. I'm going to the prophet's uh, quotes in just a moment, but I'm just laying this foundation. In your patience, possess your souls. The Bible actually says, take your life patiently. And it actually means tarry behind and to abide and allow things to go forward. Patiently actually means to suffer. It means to be willing to remain and tarry behind. So when it, when it seems like things might be moving and going and around you, the believer has a patient quality about us that I'm willing to suffer, I'm willing to tarry, I'm even willing to remain behind because I'm preserving, possessing my soul. That's what the Bible says when it, patience means, it actually means that you're not going to recede or to fall back, and you're not going to flee away. Now the Lord laid this on my heart, so I'm just going to preach it tonight. It's in human nature when there's conflict to run away. I'm going to flee away. And the word is coming to us tonight. That's not the spiritual direction for the new year. You can't flee away from trouble. Suffering's going to come. Adversity is out before us. Life is a few days full of trouble. In Shalom 1964, Brother Branham was talking about good people pass away. Just the same as people that are in the world. Good fathers, good mothers. We bear these things with one another. Sicknesses are in front of us. But when we speak about patience, it is speaking about that I'm not going to run from things and I'm not going to fall back. 
When you're under a cloud of misfortune or trial, hold fast to your faith in the Word of God. It means to endure what you're going through. You can take this. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It means to bear it bravely and calmly. So we're going to bear bravely and calmly what we're going through this year in waiting. If I have to wait behind, I'm willing to suffer. Even ill treatment or even when it comes adversively against you, you're going to stand. You know, our Christian journey is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Our Christian journey is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So when we've started out, and and this is really, it can be taken if you look just on the carnal side of the message, because we're always being prepared and being prepared in the coming of the Lord for many, many years. The coming of the Lord is imminent. The coming of the Lord is imminent that many have failed to plan. Many do not even believe in certain areas of planning or putting things in store. There's a balance in these things. So life is not a sprint, even though we feel the pressure of the Lord's coming and it's about time to go home, but it's a marathon. We believe the Lord could call us tonight. The resurrection could happen tonight, but it may be another year. It might be six months from now. So don't let the pressure of financial or the pressure of someone saying, you ought to do this or you ought to do that. Fall back into the the, the resource of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This race is not to the fastest. The prize is not for the swiftest or even the strongest. It is not to the more handsome or to be more beautiful. That's not our goals in 2018. The prize is not for those. For the believer, it is not for those who has the most toys win. That is a worldly expression that ought not to be the believers. We are seeking first the kingdom of God. We rub shoulders with people that have other goals, other ambitions, and we can be influenced by peer pressure, by associates, by managers, by, you know, uh, certain uh, businesses that we uh, have to make our living by in, in the world, you would say. But it's not what the most toys win. Or who has the most money? Or who visits the most exotic places in their lifetime? That is not driving us this year. What's driving us this year is to fulfill God's purpose and His reason for us being here. I'm just going to read a couple things Brother Branham said about New Year's. And he was talking about people and how they make New Year's resolutions. And he said, how many resolutions did you make and all of you broke them? It'll never work. It's a dying out and a rebirth and a regeneration and to be a new creature in Christ. That's what the world needs. And he said, that's what the church needs. And another message in Jeffersonville, this was December 31st. So this was on his heart. He said, not New Year's resolution... Because we don't make them. 
it don't do no good, you break them. I seen my daddy throw that plug of tobacco away every New Year's night to watch where he throwed it, and he'd get it the next day. He said, that's about the way it is. Let's not make resolutions. Let's ask for mercy and grace. Ask for God's mercy. Resolutions. In another message in December 30th in Jeffersonville, he was talking about the watch night service tomorrow and and it's going to be 7.30 and so forth. He said, if you all like to hear pastors speak and express their ways of telling you how to begin the new year and what to do, why from the scriptural standpoint, why be sure to be here tomorrow night. So he's speaking about the ministry and that to be in the house of God, to hear what the ministry is speaking, expressing their ways of telling you how to begin the new year and what to do, and from the spiritual standpoint, be here tomorrow night. I think coming to the house of God is good. Amen. We start out the new year to hear these things. In, a, in another message right before Christmas... Also in Jeffersonville, he's talking about, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and the best of the new year. God be with you and give you new things. More of the new life that you're seeking and hungering for. That's what I'm doing myself is hungering for more of God. (laughs) So it's not a new quad or a new house or a new dress or a new this. It's hungering for more of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to influence one another. I, I heard that at the watch night service or Sunday morning. We want to impact one another. Positively. Can we make that a spiritual desire for the new year? I have it in my Bible from last year and I was just looking at it. Lord, help us. And I might just close the service with a couple spiritual desires that we can just meditate on. But to help others find their spiritual potential and meet that ought to be one of our desires. To help one another reach their full impact. I'm here for you to reach, for you to reach your full impact. Well, that's an attitude adjustment, isn't it? Amen. In another place, this was January the 1st, he said, Are you feeling all right to start the new year? Go out into the new year. You want to start it off right, serving the Lord. How many of us got up this morning and thanked Him for the old year and what it all means? And asked Him to forget the the back. Well, what's back there? Forgive it, Lord. So we did at the bedside, he said, when we get up and come to the table and we're usually a little family altar to gather around the table and pray. And I've always tried to make it a habit of praying at night before we go to bed and to get up in the morning. How many noticed the fog today and tonight? Who noticed that coming to church? Brother Branham's talking about when you get up in the morning, he's not just talking about natural fog, but there's spiritual fog. He said, it's too dark and too misty for me to walk. I don't know where I'm going, but if I just ask him to take my hand and guide me through the day. Hallelujah. Take my hand, Lord, and guide me through this year. 
Oh yes, Lord, see this new year. And he said, instead of having a big rally, this was, you must be born again, the last day of the year. Instead of having a big rally and hollering and going on like the rest of the world does, he was talking about them having communion. We'll just start out the new year, not by hollering and going on, which is all right if they want to do that. But let's just make it, this is, I want to draw your attention to this. Let's make it more sacred. And sincere. And let's approach this year in the way of sincerity to God. Giving our all that we've got and our pledge. So it's not just resolving. It's with a pledge. I'm getting into this. Not a turning of a new page, he said, or something like to start a new year. We don't believe in that. You only turn a new page to blow it back the next day, but let's just turn our lives over to Him. There's more in you than has ever been tapped into. We spoke about that a couple years in January. To tap into those untapped resources that are in your life, spiritually. I also was just in prayer today and this thought of New Year's resolutions came to my mind. So I looked it up just a little bit about what it means because in the Western Hemisphere and also in the Eastern Hemisphere, it's, it's becoming more common that people have New Year's resolutions. And that means that a person becomes resolved to change. I'm just going to be a little secular for a moment. This is what the world would say a, a New Year's resolution I'm resolved that I see undesired traits or behaviors. I'm resolved that that's going to change. We're going to stop that. Or they they look at a personal goal and they want to improve their life. So I was interested on how many New Year's resolutions are actually kept. And what's the percentage of people in the world that keep them? Does anybody know here? It's 8%. 8% of people actually keep their New Year's resolutions. That's according to a one commonly cited statistic. 8% of people that start out, I am resolved to do a certain thing. In fact, the top 10 New Year's resolutions. Top 10, you look them down, I'll just give you the top 5. Number 1 is to stay fit and healthy. 37% people, st- I'm going to stay fit and healthy. Brother Milko said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Welcome back from Europe, brother. Number two. The number two New Year's resolution is to lose weight. 32% of people, almost a third, say, I want to lose weight. Number three is to enjoy life to the fullest. Say, I'm just going to live life to the fullest. Only 8% make it. Number four is to spend less. And to save more. Number five is to spend more time with family and friends. Say, these are my New Year's resolutions. And only 8% of them actually carry them out. I I was speaking to my personal trainer about this and they said, 90%, what are you all laughing about? Amen. (laughs) I am resolved. (laughs) They said 90% of people that start out the new year, within six to eight weeks, they fall off. 
So you see them all January. Everybody's all pumped up. Yeah, we're going to do this by the end of January. They, oh, man, I only did this. And by six weeks, by the end of February, 90% of people already fell off. They're already, their resolutions, they're resolved. Oh, you know, you know. There's got to be something more spiritually. It can't just be that we start out with a gusto and a glory hallelujah and then, and then just after a few short time things come in and things begin to happen. There's something called patience that Jesus was trying to breed into the church. Have patience. Wait on me. Be perseverant. Be steadfast. Let's go back to Luke together. Chapter 13. Even this first service, God is breeding into us and putting seeds of spiritual success into your heart. And you don't even realize it. You don't even realize what's happening as you feed on the Word. Because we're so negatively inclined to just go in a certain way. But the Holy Spirit keeps prodding us. He's passionate about this. It's like fire in his bones. You say, I thought Jeremiah was talking about himself. Well, it's also in the bones of our husband that as we near the capstone, there's going to be a people catch that anointing. It's not New Year's resolutions. It's not personal pledges that, you know, come March or by Easter, I'm just wondering, gasping for a breath here. Let's look back at Luke 13. Verse 6 to 9, I want you to take this parable as a story. It's showing actually a a greater meaning as what a parable is. In Luke 13, verse 6, he spoke about this parable about a certain man that had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. How many want to see more fruit in your life? This fruit. And the owner came... And this certain tree in his uh, vineyard was not bringing forth fruit. So he talked to the dresser. The dresser is the one that's around more often than the owner. It's the person that's working with this tree. And he said, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Now, some of us would think it would have been more loyal for him just to be obedient and do what the master said and just cut it down. Get the chainsaw. Okay, Monday morning, I'm going to be there. I did what the master said. But watch the dresser of the vineyard had another quality in him. And he said unto him, in my Bible, it's capital L for Lord. Is it in your Bible? Lord, let it alone this year also. In other words, give it some more time. This year also. Till I shall dig about it and dung it. Or let me take care of it. Let me dig around it. Let me see what I can do. This year also. And verse 9, if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, after a year, thou shalt cut it down. Or I agree with you. After, we'll give it some more time. And, and 
will work with it, then I agree. After another year, I just want to speak for the next few moments on hope in the new year. I almost entitled our message tonight this, but I felt to take it broader and speak about patience. Hope in the new year. And I want to speak about two things about verse 8. And I want to apply it to tonight's service. Because the dresser of the vineyard answered and said, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. I wonder if the Lord has put it in your heart that this is the year that He's going to work in the situation. A little bit more time. 2018, this year also. I'm speaking about hope in the new year. God's giving something a little bit more time. Or, here's another view on this. And this would come more from the direction of sirs, is this the time and souls that are in prison now? When Brother Branham was going through spiritually these times in the Word, and this would be the other view, have we come to a time when that year has passed? And these three years which is verse 7, have now, and the year has gone by of God's patience and tearing, and we've entered the fourth year, and God is done. And there is no more patience. We've gone three years, and we've gone four. God had grace, God gave mercy, God extended, and now we've gone a whole other year of dunging around the tree, working with that, and God's stepping back. Now that's very serious. When you listen to sirs, is this the time? Brother Branham did not know exactly what was happening in his ministry and what was he was moving back to Arizona. Little did he know. And just stay with me for a moment. This was the last days of 1962 that within weeks, the sword was going to come into his hand. Within weeks, the angels were going to visit him. And within weeks, the opening of the seven seals, the lamb would break the seals. And he was under a burden, sirs, is this the time? There was more time. There was more, let's work with him a little longer. Then he come to souls that are in prison now, and you feel him under a burden. Lord, I've got children. I've got, Lord, and you felt the pressure even in the service of, Lord, have we gone past that time? He's talking about seeing people on the escalators, and it looked like they were right out of hell. And he had saw 40 years back, which is judgment, what had happened. He had become a 14-year-old boy now to his 50s. And he saw what was coming up the escalator. There I was, back in hell again. It was judgment. It was judgment upon... And he was saying, have we come to that time? Is it all over? And I'm speaking that into your heart, not to give you an answer, but for the Lord to just work in your heart. Is there some more time that you and I need to have the Spirit, like Abraham did, to work with, a- with, with his family, work with Lot and them, and, and to try to go out and expend energies and use my, my strength and all that we have? Or is it the time that you see judgment falling and it's your time to step back and say, Lord, we've committed it to you? These are very valid questions and things that we need to put into our heart. It would stop a lot of messing around and foolishness if people got under that type of atmosphere. That it's later than we think. 
And it's not the time to start out the new year just with a hurrah and seeing the ball and the lights and the fireworks like every other year. There'll come a time when it's the last year. Let's go to now verse 10. Luke 13 verse 10. I'm going to take this thought of patience and waiting just a little bit further as we speak about infirmities and feebleness and sicknesses and weaknesses and lack of strength that sometimes will come through the year. Luke 13 verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. That's a long time. 18 years. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. We know that a woman is a type of the church and these things come into our lives also. Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. After 18 years of waiting... Waiting. Say, what am I doing? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Sounds like the pool of Bethesda. What what are you all doing here? We're waiting. We're waiting. We want to see a stir and a move of the angel. But here's a man finally got so... um, Before I can get in, someone else has already gone in. But Jesus came right to his address. And a God full of compassion and a gift to be able to heal all of them touched one man and walked out of the room. Some of these things we don't maybe understand, but compassion is doing the will of God. It's not human emotion and it's not human sympathy. That's what the token in the new year, and that's what applying the token and thy and thy house shall be saved, they come in under that faith. And you dig around the tree, and you, and you have burdens, and you have prayers, and you speak, and you testify. But there is a season of time when, according to the Master, the tree's got to die. There will come a judgment. There will come a tribulation. There's going to come a change and a rapture and a catching away of the bride. And only those with the Holy Ghost are going to leave here. We're all under patience tonight. We're all under, uh, there actually is an order and a decree from the Holy Spirit to wait. Until the last one would come in. So what are we doing tonight? We're waiting. And some look at that as being passive. You know, what are you doing? I'm, I'm waiting. Or I'm waiting. No. That word patient, impatience, possess ye your souls, is not a, just a passive word. Amen. I'm remaining steadfast. Amen. I'm constantly pursuing. Yes. I'm considering. I'm pondering. When Mary... When she pondered all of these things, it doesn't mean she was doubting and, and, and wondering. Like, she didn't understand how it was happening or going to happen. But there was something inside of her. She was predestinated. You're predestinated. Amen. That's our closing scripture. But Hebrew says, we have need of patience. That after we have done the will of God... So there is a doing the will of God, but there's also a patiently waiting until God comes behind that. 
And that's why people are falling off the train. They fall off. They don't have patience. They don't have rapturing patience. They, they just don't see it that way. And they walk away. Look in Luke 13. I love this. Verse 12. When Jesus saw... Sorry, verse 12. When Jesus saw her, He called for her to Him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now we love the immediately, but it didn't happen ten years before. It didn't happen five years before. It was eighteen years she waited. But there came a day. There came an hour. Let me ask you a personal question. Do you have the character to wait that long? Say, what are you waiting for? Until. What are you believing for? Until. Well, explain that to me. I can't rightly explain that. Well, when's it going to happen? I can't really tell you. Well, tell me what this meant over here. I, I don't know all things. I just did a search of that today. And Brother Branham was talking about prophets. And that God doesn't tell his prophets all things. So he's not going to tell you and I all things. You say, well, I've got to study it and learn it and look at it from all that. No, friends, there's a certain level that, friends, we've got to trust. We've got to have faith. Even when everything is going sideways. Immediately, she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogues answered with indignation. This is amazing. They answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, Isn't that when it's supposed to happen? Apparently people weren't being healed when they came to their church. Come on. Apparently there wasn't miracles and supernatural. That's why they were filled with indignation. I say, God, take that spirit away from us. God can heal on any day of the week. He can heal anybody He wants to. He can do whatever He wants to. Whenever He wants to. Don't be a dominating female telling God what to do and how to do it and when to do it. He'll just put you on the bench and let you wonder and stew until you finally just say, Lord, I'm sorry, and then He'll just reveal something. It might be 18 years. No, Brother John, well then the Lord's going to give you grace. You're just going to wait patiently. You've already waited three years. And so the dresser of the vineyard said, okay, give me another year. He wasn't like, man, I'm done with it too, man. I'm looking for fruit. I'm the dresser of this vineyard. Man, I've been ashamed of that situation. I'm ashamed of that problem. Just cut him right off. No, there was a love. There was Christ in Moses, Christ in Joseph. There was Christ in them. Amen. It was Christ and Abraham. If there be 50, if there be 45, if there be all right on down to 10, he said, surely Lot spread around some tracks and talked about the message. There's 10 believers in, you know, Lot, his wife, his son, daughter. Come on. And he had, he, okay, Lord. Look in verse 14. These rulers of the synagogue were so filled with indignation that he had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. 
The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, now verse 16 is important, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? The answer to that question is yes! And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And we should rejoice! Because the very word infirmity, a spirit of infirmity, speaks of a feebleness or a sickness or a weakness in your life or you have a lack of strength in a certain area. God, God doesn't just say, well, no, but there's a time when he waits and waits, but then he says, I need that part of you to be strong. I'm going to put a missing limb out there. Or it's time for that foolishness to stop. I need you to start having the spoken word now. I want to start trusting your word. And that's not the time to pull back into your little gaming spirit and your little foolish nonsense around the table and talking about this like we said politics and sports and all of this. But speak about the word. Say, well, we tried that and it all got quiet and everybody looked at me like I was raining on their party. Well, friends, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, there might be laughter and indignation and they don't like you, but you let somebody start speaking something and you start saying, that's nothing but the truth. God did something here and missing limbs and boys start coming and repenting. You actually get that person that laughs and scoffs and is in the service and they don't receive and they're always against and kind. And you let them really have a conversion and they'll turn the world upside down. They'll turn their their whole friends and peers together. And that's what we need this new year. Say, I would have been patiently been waiting for that. Three years or four years or stay a little longer. Might be 18 years. But this woman had patience. She had patience with the promise. I, I want to say this to you in conclusion. She had hope for the new year. And hope is not a maybe, hope so, oh, we've tried that, we've already tried. Hope is something that is steadfast. It's just around, you believe for the impossible. Hallelujah. Look at this here tonight. Do you all remember this? I failed you tonight, and I had this, I laid it down by my satchel, and I was going to bring the actual paper with you tonight, and I, and I failed you, so forgive me. I'm going to remind you before we go that you're millionaires. On the very front of this cover is Mr. Rockefeller, which is actually the son of the Rockefeller, John Rockefeller that Brother Branham mentions. His name is Nelson. He was the governor of New York. He's, it's on the front cover of the very magazine that Brother Branham spoke about. This is Life Magazine, May 17th, 1963 issue, which in it appeared the mysterious cloud of February 28th. And, and this will mean something more after this service to you than ever, that on the front cover is the very son of the man that was in his day a billionaire. 
that Brother Branham was talking to a very poor man, you remember that, that had a real true wife, but, and he had four or five dirty-faced kids around on the floor, and they were, he was saying, Brother Branham said, you are a millionaire. And Brother Branham, I wouldn't dispute your word, but I ain't got a dime. Brother Branham said, you've got something more than money. Money can't buy. You've got a little old wife here that probably hasn't got two dresses to her name. I said, looky here. But she's just as loyal as loyal can be. And I said, there's a many a multimillionaire tonight would give every penny he had to come home to a wife like that. Do y'all remember this? And vice versa, a woman to man, he's talking about these things. How many fathers would, that's walking around today with millions of dollars, he's referring to Mr. Rockefeller, would give everything they had if that little spastic child that he's got would just be healthy as yours is here tonight. And he began to look at me, this poor man that didn't have two dimes to rub together, but he had a good wife, had healthy children. Hello tonight, look around the room. You're millionaires. You say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. That's the world trying to make you feel like you're underprivileged. When every person in this church, and if you're even streaming this service, you're well off than most people in the bride. Well, a shout out. Thank you, Jesus. Stop being, Lord, help me not to be a spoiled brat this year. Taking everything for granted. And, oh, we got to have more and we got to have better. Friends, and God gives you more, gives you better. And some still sit back. And No, count your blessings. On the first Wednesday night of the year, wait patiently for the Lord. And if He gives you health, use it for the glory of God. If He gives you money, give it to God. Stay balanced in your life. That's where even message believers get off balanced in their bodies, in their spirits, and they get thrown to one side and their soul is redeemed. But they're out of balance. And the way their thinking's not balanced and what they do in their life is not balanced. So, and they say, Well, I'm predestinated. That's wonderful. But God's given you a temple. And this, this old poor brother, you know, he's eating bologna and beans and a little bread. And, and he, he drawed his money that afternoon with some things like that. And Brother Branham said, you've got good stomachs and your children could eat it. He said, what if John D. Rockefeller, what would he say? This was Mr. Rockefeller on the front of the Life magazine. That's his son, which had inherited billions of his father's income. And inside of that is the cloud. Brother Branham said, Mr. Rockefeller would give a cold million dollars if he could eat one mess of cabbage. Because remember, Mr. John Rockefeller had lived to almost 98 years old, but he suffered with depression and digestive troubles. And he's talking about this poor man eating cabbage. And you had sat by the window this morning and the cold wind blowing in and him sitting in a palace somewhere... But if, yet, if he would sit here and eat a mess of cabbage by that cold wind a-blowing and stuff a piece of paper in it, I said John D. Rockefeller would have give, would have give, because he had passed away by this time, he would have given a million dollars to eat one time, like you can eat any time. 
How many blind men with a cane in his hand pecking around the street would give every penny he had for your eyes? Thank God for my eyes. He'd say, you read that quote last Wednesday. Well, say, how long are you going to preach it? Till we're thankful. Till we're thankful for our children. Thankful for our wives. Thankful for the church. Thankful for the ministry. I'm patiently waiting. I'm starting out the new year steadfast. Look at here. And Brother Branham, you'll remember this. He he took this picture. And Brother Brother Biscoe was in this service with his family. It is the rising of the sun. He said, if you'll turn the picture like this and look, you can probably see it from the audience. It's Christ. See his nose looking there, just as perfect as could be, wearing the white wig of supreme deity and judge of all heavens and earth. Can you see his eyes and nose, his mouth? Can you see it? Just turn the picture and he turned it sideways. The way they had it, this way, to the way it's supposed to be. So you see Christ, the wigged one. You know, Brother Brown, he said, Brother John, you're so carnal. No, Brother Brown, I'm actually in trying to do God a service. He was talking about the Life magazine issue. It's the same picture that's got Rockefeller and his wife on the back of it. He's talking about the same. He said, well, okay, I guess there's a little bit of relevance to it. Tonight, it has relevance to it that you're millionaires. Both of them were divorced. They were married for the second and won the third time. It's like, God, keep us from that. Right inside of the same magazine. You know, this should have been on the front cover. (laughs) For the bride, this is the main thing. You say, well, what about those people that are saying it was a rocket, this and that? It's not for them. It was for the elect. To be able to say, the judge has come. The wigged one is here. It was Christ in there. Stop looking at the front. That's all kinds of billions of dollars and cars and dancing and this. and Say, where's your wealth at? Friends, it's not in the front cover. That's not what we're looking at. We're looking inside to see where Christ is. He talked about it, and it is the rising of the sun. Can you believe that our pastor, his wife, and his three daughters were sitting in that service? Hearing, and he's talking about science and in Tucson, how they wanted to know any significance. And most of us would have just blurted it right out there. And he said, but I didn't tell them. He said, you all knew. And I told it beforehand, but it wasn't for them. It was for you. It's for us in 2018. And if I would have had it, I would have showed you the front of the magazine. Say, that's Mr. Rockefeller. I want to be like them. No, you don't. They went on some exotic honeymoon and all of this. I say, give us Jesus. Give our newly married couples Jesus. Jesus in the home. Give us perfect love, perfect faith, perfect patience. Give us a whole church full of people that are patient. Say, what are you all doing? I'm steadfast. I'm ardent. I'm focused. Come what may, 
I'm serving God this year. My wife goes here. My husband goes there. My son, my daughter. Stop going crazy. You stay focused on the Word. <gasps> what about, the, did you know, and did, stop all that. That's emotion. That's, that's the human's compassion. That We would have judged one another and said, well, you walked into the room. Come on, brother. Come on, brother Waldner. You walked into that room, and you only touched one person? You don't even have a gift of God. He probably, he probably wasn't very sick anyway, was he? Well, that sister, she does this and she does that. and No, friends, it's doing the will of God. That's who we've got to answer for, is to be able to look up into the balcony and see the Master giving you the thumb up. When Brother Branham said, I wonder if my audience visible here has ever really looked at the picture to see it in the way it should be. It's Christ. See His eyes looking down here, just as perfect as it can be, wearing the white wig of supreme deity and judge of all heavens and earth. Can you see His eyes, nose, and His mouth? Just turn the picture from this. And He goes on. It's, it's Him. And that is a perfect identification again a vindication that this message is the truth. This is the truth. And making Him not a third person, but the only person. On the first Wednesday night of the new year, make Jesus the only person. He's the first person. And everybody else trickles down from that. I love you, but I love Him more. Hebrews 10 is our last place to turn to. If you got the time, can we turn to this scripture? And it's 9:02, but let's just read the scripture in conclusion. Hebrews 10:35. This really isn't skim milk. When Paul was speaking in Hebrews 10 verse 35, he was picking up where Jesus said, "In patience possess ye your souls." Can you endure for a few more minutes? Amen. Amen. We need this for the new year. We raise our children. They get involved in little games and little books. And their, their attention span is five minutes or ten minutes. And we need to let the Lord broaden the borders of their heart. For the things of God. The things of the Word. Hallelujah. Spread it out. Hebrews 10.35 This is our New Year's encouragement. Cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense or payback of reward. For ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. So he's speaking to believers and he said, ye have need of patience. Oh, Brother John, that's a slam. No, it's not. He, he said, ye have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God. So now this is a progressive walk. He say, I've done the will of God. I repented. I was baptized. I gave my life to the Lord. But I'm so frustrated. Why isn't this? And why that? And I don't understand this. After ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. You say, well, if it doesn't happen immediately, then I'm out of here. Or, if it don't happen in the first few months, I'll see how it goes. Friends, that's not a real believer. 
A real believer hangs around and they just keep hanging around. Say, how long are you going to... Till the... Until. You got me on your hands, Lord. So he just finally says, would you stop pestering me and talking to me about this? Friends, I've got to be honest. This is a whole other sermon. But some of us put it all on God. We say, it's all God. We just sit back and get lazy. Fat and doty, and you turn it right around. Well, Brother Branham said, God's not going to just push you through a pipe. There is choice here. There is free moral agency. And you know what the bride has? One choice, and that's yes. Oh, man, I was... Stop that. It's just like a little kid. No, you have one choice to do the will of God. Well, it's not choice then, Brother John. It is choice. The harder way is God's way, and you better say yes, or it's going to be tough for you. Uh, And he'll just break you right down. Okay, Lord, you know. Patience. I'm waiting. He's calling all the greenness out. and Well, it didn't happen immediately. Look at that, Brother John. You read it. It happened immediately. For the, It was 18 years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Patience on the first Wednesday night of the new year. Patience. Waiting. 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 What are you waiting for? For his return. For yet a little while. Just a little while. And he that shall come will come. And will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back. This is really the theme of the whole message tonight. If any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in Him. God has no pleasure in someone that starts out like a sprint. And then they just fall off. Well, God's Word wasn't true for me. No, you made God a liar. You need to get up after you're... You know, you've rested for a while and realized that our Christian journey is a marathon and not a sprint. We're not judging you for falling and getting tired and and wanting to stop. We've all wanted to stop. But there's something in you that says, get up! Now the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39 is all of our life stories for 2018. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That's me, that's you, that's every believer. We are not of those that draw back. We are patiently. We are enduring. We are waiting. We are constant. That's our character. We're not going to swerve. It's our deliberate purpose. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've jumped in His boat. That's fellowship. 
It's not saying, come on over onto my territory and let's talk about this being a Christian stuff and how I got to dress and what I got to stop. That's not even the message. That's not even the Bible. It's what do we got to do to be saved? Repent, be baptized, be filled, and you'll love it. You'll love giving your life to the Lord when He fills you. We are not of them that draw back. 2018, let it be declared, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Through trials, through suffering, we're going to be patient. We're going to be steadfast. We're going to wait. We're going to endure. God's going to sustain us. We're going to persevere. Hallelujah. And we have a watch night service this year. I hope it's not a whole year. Dig around the tree. But if it is, we're going to be there by the grace of God. Steadfast. Unmovable. Hello. And I hope some of you are resolved a little bit longer than a few weeks. Yeah. Amen. Right? That's New Year's resolutions. So natural and all those things, there's a natural element to a lot of discouragements and failures, but we're not resting our hat on that. Hallelujah. Your future's clear. It's thus saith the Lord. Oh, you say, Brother Bisco said that. The Lord told us that. So my future's clear. Stop your bad attitude. And we'll get to that another time about there being honey in the box. And the water was flowing down the hill and it was just going through the box. And he said the water was the Holy Spirit and it was just going out of the box. Oh, what do we got to do? Sister Shepherd had a dream and Brother Branham saw it by vision. And he said someone came and put honey in the box. And because honey has some fiber to it. And it's also sweet too, by the way. Amen. You put honey in the box and the water, the Holy Spirit was flowing and it was able to hold the water. Hold the Holy Ghost. Say, what does that mean? We're kept by the power of God. It's not everything just flow down the mountain. And, but we are kept by the power of God. Put honey in the box. I pray that for each one of you this year as we close with five spiritual desires. Number one, more time in prayer. These aren't resolutions. I'm just going to put them in your heart. Let's spend this year more time in prayer. It's the most powerful force. I just have five. Two is more quality time in the Word. Read the Scripture. Let your Bible be your friend. The message of the hour, God sent us a prophet. Let's spend more quality time there. And I'll just say this. And we're not going to back down from this. God sent a prophet to this generation. And the way we're going to get out of here is by listening to the prophet. And all other people at all other levels, man, age, anointing, and all of that have their part. But the bride loves the word. God sent us a prophet. Feeding off those other things ain't going to get you and I in a rapture. It got them to a point of crucifying Christ the word. So I don't want that, Lord. That's a whole other message too. But remain under godly ministry. It's God's dress wear. Number three, give us a revival of simplicity, Lord. Brother Branham said, simplicity is the key to the Word. That's in the church age book. Give us a revival. Simplify our lives. Declutter. 
Stop making things so complicated. Don't be the 8%. Oh, I'm going to write that down. And then by February, you're like, man, you're so boggled down with... Friend, it's time to simplify. God hidden and revealed in simplicity. Number four, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray this blessing upon your people that our body, spirit, and soul would be kept this year. You say, oh, it's all soul. No, we feed on the Word. We're washed by the water of the Word from our soul. We prosper in faith. This year, you will prosper in faith. But my spirit also is going to be preserved blameless. My memory, my imagination, my conscience, my affection, my reasoning is not going to overcloud my drive. The Word is the main thing. And my body, God's going to preserve that. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Is that a good scripture? I would that all of you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And lastly, this is maybe more personal, but I want to leave it with you. It's, it's a spiritual desire. Lord, help us to reach out to others that they would reach their full potential. Yes. Say, Brother John, our whole life is spiritual. It's all spiritual. But there's things we can do for one another in the natural. Help that family along the road. Help that little family. That sister needs help. That brother needs. Let them reach their full potential. Yes. Say, where is that in the Word? That's Job 42.10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. So if you want deliverance this year of things in your personal life, start helping other people. Say, but I can't help other people. No, you help other people and you watch your own problems just become nothing. This is Scripture. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Now here's the double portion. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Hello, 2018. I'm going to pray for others and God can give you a double portion. You found it to be so. So our musicians can come. Eternal life is living for others. That's part of that, reaching out. I'm going to help others around me this year, Lord. Don't be the 8%. Don't fall into that. Well, I tried, and Brother John, they didn't receive it. Well, try it again. Help another family. Help another brother. Well, Brother John, I did everything I could, and it was put right back in my face. Try another person. Maybe your approach, or maybe they took it wrong. Or say, I'm just going to stop. I was so offended. I was so hurt. Be patient. Be persistent. As you have been tonight. God bless you. You can stand to your feet. Amen. God bless all of you. And... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you for your patience tonight. Let's sing a song, there's power, power, wonder-working power.
in the blood before we go. Amen. May this year be a year of inspiration for you. Amen. Let's sing this song. We got wonderful musician. wise men followed the star who knows where that star is today brother Tom I would have read this quote on Sunday if I would have spoke do you know where that star is it's in you and brother Branham said in God's rap gift he's talking about the religious world they don't know nothing about the supernatural they won't follow the star of light God's compass westward leading still proceeding guide us to that perfect light We've seen his star. What kind of a star? His church star, the Holy Spirit moving in human beings. We've seen his star and we've come to worship him. That's what it is. Wise men, wise women, humble in heart. We've seen his star and we've come to worship him. He's in you. He's not just hanging over a little child. It's not a little baby in a manger. It's in you. There's power to keep us. Why don't we turn around and shake hands with some other person and say, God bless you, brother, sister, star, you star, you all star, brother, sister, all star. God bless you. Let's sing that last verse. Would you do service? Oh, would you do service?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this new year. There's none of us that thought we'd be here in 2018, Lord. It just boggles our minds and our hearts to think that your great grace and mercy has stretched out this long. The cup of the Amorites being full. We hear it every day, the pressure and tension in the world. And we wonder how long, how long, Lord. But we believe there's a purpose and there's a reason for all things.